everybody, thank you so much for joining us online today. Um, I cannot encourage you enough if you are healthy, if you are strong. Um, as much as I'm so grateful that we're able to take advantage of technology and connect with you and so many others uh, online and especially after the day as well, if you're away for some reason, I cannot encourage you enough though, if you are healthy enough, to come to the in-person services. I, I think you can get a lot out of the online platform, but I think that there's a dynamic that you just can't experience uh, outside of gathering with others. Um, worship in particular has been just beautiful, has been meaningful, has been significant as, as we've been able to just connect with God together. There's something about connecting to God with others at the same time, um, as opposed to only by ourselves. And then there's something to doing it by ourselves that you also can't experience with others. So, so we're not saying that it's one or the other. I'm, I'm hoping that you'll be able to take advantage of both as soon as possible. So we're looking forward to seeing you if you haven't made it back to the in-person services yet. Today is Thanksgiving Sunday. Uh, you probably would have to be living under a rock if you're not aware of Thanksgiving around the world, influenced largely by the Americans, and even Black Friday has become uh, commonplace in South Africa now as well. The fourth Thursday of every November, Americans celebrate Thanksgiving, um, maybe for different reasons, but I'm actually thrilled that, it's, that it actually highlights a day of the year for more and more of the Western world, at least, to actually stop and take stock. And I think that gratitude should be one of the most incredible distinctives amongst Christians. So if you are a follower of Christ, um, being reminded to be grateful and to express thanksgiving should be one of the most life-giving habits and practices that we can experience. And I think how much more so do we need to be intentional about this than towards the end of 2020? What a weird year. In some cases, what an incredibly painful year uh, for so many people. Um, and so I like, I like this uh, picture that Sue came across the other day that she sent to me, which says that this is not the year you get everything you want. This is the year to appreciate everything you have. This may not be the year that you got everything you wanted, but this is the year to appreciate everything you have. Now, yes, you may say that every year you want to be appreciating everything that you have, and I couldn't agree with that more. We see a story in Luke chapter 17 uh, from verse 11 to 19 where Jesus comes across a group of men who are outcasts. You talk about social distancing. These men uh, are quarantined for life. They can't go near anybody ever because of leprosy. So, so those of us that have had little scares during COVID or that have actually caught COVID, a lot of my friends have actually caught COVID, um, and maybe you've had to go into quarantine, there, there's something quite painful and, and, and uncomfortable, especially when you've had to be separated from your family. And normally that's for 10 days or, or two weeks. Here, here you have some men that have actually been separated from their family, friends, loved ones, and society. Um, very possibly for years, and very possibly short of a miracle for the rest of their lives. And so it says in verse 11, As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out. I want you to get, get a picture here. Here you have men that are distanced. They are separated, but they're crying out. They, they need hope. They need healing. They want wholeness. They, 
for them to find healing would mean that they can actually get back into community and get back into relationships and get back to, to some type of, of normalcy in their lives. Ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now, people have kind of read into this passage. I, I want to be careful that I don't build theology around this, but it is quite significant that it says, as they went. So it almost appears as though, as they obeyed, as they did what Jesus told them to do. Now, we don't know whether it was a minute into their going, 10 minutes into their going, if it was as they arrived at the priest, because that was the custom of the day. That was part of the Old Testament law. Um, if you were cleansed, you had to go and, and basically have it certified with the priest. We don't know exactly at what point, but it does say, the Bible simply says, as they went, they were cleansed. Before I get into the gratitude part, I can't encourage you enough to obey God. I can't help but wonder if there are times in our lives where we're not experiencing what God is wanting to do for us and in us because we're not willing to do what He's told us to do. There's, there's often this partnership where when we do what we can do, God's able to then do what only He can do, and together there's often this incredible miracle. I can't encourage you enough to surrender. Surrender. When you have a, a prompting, surrender. Obey. Go forward. Verse 15 says that one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Now, I want to, I want to point out for a second that he wasn't focusing on what he hadn't done. Like, like, it doesn't say that Jesus returned his riches or gave him everything that he... No, no, it says that he thanks him for what he had done. And so again, I want to encourage you today, this Thanksgiving Sunday, that one of the great keys towards gratitude is not focusing on what we don't have. It is on focusing on what God has done, what, what he has, where he has provided, where he has healed, where he has spoken, where he has encouraged, where he has brought perspective where he has blessed you with a relationship with a friendship he thanked him for what he had done verse 17 says that jesus asked him didn't i heal 10 men where are the other nine has no one returned to give glory to god except this foreigner what jesus was saying is is hey whoa, whoa, whoa. like weren't there 10 of you it, it seemed to matter to him that the others were not expressing their thanks, their gratitude. I think it's fair to assume that they were probably grateful. They were probably happy that they were healed. For all we know, they were distracted and ran off to their families. I don't know, but it seemed to matter to Jesus that gratitude was not expressed. He asked about it. There's, it's one thing to feel something. It's another thing to, to almost steward that well and to take the step of expressing gratitude, of expressing Thanks. And the reason that he uses this term, except for this foreigner, is that, is that during this time in history, Samaritans were considered as half-breeds, as uh, unclean by the Jewish listeners and readers who would have been paying attention to Jesus. 
So, so he's saying, hey, those, those who should be religious, those who should know the law, those who should know God, those who, who should be expressing gratitude, don't even come back to express gratitude. Here, here's this, this Samaritan who you consider to be second rate. Is he the only one that's actually coming back and expressing gratitude? And then verse 19 says, as Jesus, and Jesus said to the man, stand up, because he's still, this guy's still on his hands and knees, like he fell at Jesus' feet. He was grateful and he wasn't shy to express that gratitude to Jesus. Some of you know what that's like when, when something has happened in your life and, and you can't help it. Like you don't want to be a lunatic, but you can't help but want to express it to others and want to acknowledge God's goodness and kindness and grace in your life. So he says, hey, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. For just a few minutes, I want to draw your attention to three Keywords, grateful, thankful, and blessed. Grateful, thankful, and blessed. We see at the end of the story that this man was blessed for actually giving thanks and expressing gratitude. But grateful, to be grateful, number one, is to not take something for granted. I don't know for sure the attitude of the other nine men, but it almost appears as though they had taken this miracle, this life-changing healing for granted. Again, I want to just express that if, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, there is a temptation at times to take for granted the miracle of life that he has given us. Remember, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. He has given us life. I mean, he has, he has washed our sins away. He has paid the ultimate price for us and has redeemed us and given us purpose. That word redeem means to, to, to basically just simply take us back to the original intention and purpose. He's, he's put us back on track to live out the purpose, the plan, the, the adventure that God has for us. Let's never take it for granted. The opposite of gratitude is to take something for granted. And I think that what can happen so easily in the 21st century is, is this enemy of gratitude, and that's entitlement. I think when we feel entitled to something, when we, when we, and there's, there's, there's something in our human nature that just feels like, hey, hey, I deserve this. It's, it might not be conscious, but subconsciously and maybe in our fight for justice, well, hey, I deserve, I deserve, I should be protected, I should, I should be provided for. And there's an element of that that might make sense from a human rights point of view, but guys, let's, let's not take for granted what God has done for us what he has given us. I think one of the only ways to, to push back this quiet gravitational pull of entitlement is to regularly, so to form a habit and a discipline, to actually slow down, to stop and to notice what God has done in our lives. I think it's such a great practice that maybe the last thing you do at night before you, before you genuinely like switch off to go to sleep and maybe first thing in the morning before you tackle your day. Imagine if, the, imagine if the book ends of your day, the way that you end your day and the way you start your day, if you ended and started with gratitude. God, thank you for the way you've carried me through this day. Thank you for that moment of uh, wisdom or that moment where you, you prompted me to hold back and, and not to react the way I wanted to. Or, or thank you for giving me that idea. Or thank you for, God, just thank you for my family. Or thank you for my friends. Or thank you... For my health, I can't tell you how often when I'm able to get out for a bit of a jog or a hike where I'm just saying, God, thank you that I can move. There are people that can't move. There are people that can't get out into nature. There are people that can't go for a run. It's, I don't want to take health for granted. 
I think that the solution to entitlement is to slow down, to stop, and to actually notice. Another enemy, I think, to gratitude is simply greed. When, so entitlement is when we, just, when we just, just take for granted what we think we're owed, but greed is when we're just never satisfied. Like, we never quite feel like we have enough. We don't focus on what we do have. We focus on what we don't have and maybe on what others have. And there is a difference between complacency and contentment. Complacency is when I'm just slack and lazy, and I'm not being a good steward of the gifts and the resources that God's given me. But, but contentment is, is when I know that, I've, that I'm pretty much trying to do what I can. I'm being a good steward, and I don't have what Elon Musk or Bill Gates or uh, Jeff Bezos has, but, but God, I'm going to be grateful for the lines that have been drawn in my life. If there's something that I can change and adjust, I'm going to do that. But God, I'm going to be content. I'm going to be content. There's a scripture that says that godliness with contentment is great gain. This is actually speaking in the context of material items, wealth, money. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Come on, man. Let's be content with, with, with what we are able to do in our lives, relationally, financially, physically, and for the limits that God has allowed to be placed on us. I think one of the greatest solutions to greed is actually a discipline of generosity where we are constantly looking for ways to be generous with our mouths, with our time, with our gifts, with our energy, with our encouragement. Yes, with our money. I think, I think to, be, to be generous with, with what we have, it just pushes back greed. It, it pushes back uh, entitlement. It, it pushes back ingratitude. It helps us to stimulate this muscle of gratitude. The second key word is to actually be thankful. Now, I don't want to nitpick too much, and yes, this is semantics, but I feel like, I feel like gratitude is, is something that, that, that we feel, but thankful is something that we do. And some of you have maybe known people where they say, yeah, yeah, hey, I love you. If that changes, I'll let you know. Like, they love you, according to their declaration, but they're not willing to express it in some way. And you can imagine, if you, if you have a child who has to like take it by faith that his parents love him, but they never express love, or you have a, a marriage or a, or a relationship between a guy and a girl, and, and, and someone is unwilling to express that love, that's going to do violence to that relationship. And I think in the same way for us to, to be grateful, but not be moved to expressing that in some way, to actually, to actually expressing thanksgiving, I think, I think it, it stops us from actually experiencing gratitude on a different level. Something happens when we, when we notice and, and we register and we take stock of what we have in our lives and we actually express thanks to God and we express thanks to people. Maybe there are a few of you, probably not many, but maybe there are a few of you like me that, that has someone in your family who, who does most of the cooking I've got to tell you, every day of my life, I, I, I think, I think pretty much every day of my life, I thank Sue, who does most of the cooking at our home, for doing the cooking, because I'm grateful. I don't want to eat my own food. I, I don't enjoy cooking. I'm not great in the kitchen. I look at other husbands that, that, that do a lot of work in the kitchen for their families, and I'm like, you're making me look bad. Don't show anybody. So I'm grateful. I don't, I'm so grateful that Sue does so much shopping for the family. There, there are things that I do, but I don't ever want to take for granted the things that Sue does. Like, I'm genuinely, and I want to be able to express that gratitude 
and that thanksgiving too. Let's, let's not take it for granted. Some of you know this. Thankful people are different. They are life-giving. Like, like you want to be around people that are thankful. You want to be around people that, that even though there are challenges and they're not denying those, they, they're still diligent and disciplined in identifying and focusing on what they do have to be thankful. Like, like there's just, man, thankful people are, they just seem to have a different level of joy, a different level of peace. They don't, they don't have a scarcity mentality. There's, there's a level of hope. There is something about being grateful and actually expressing that through thankfulness in some way, where it just makes for a very, very healthy person. Third and last is blessed. The word blessed. So we want to be grateful. We want to express thankfulness. But as weird as this sounds, there's, some, there's, a, there's a blessing. There's like a further blessing that actually comes into the equation when, when we take note of our gratitude, when we express that thankfulness to God. The Samaritan comes back. One out of the ten men comes back and he expresses his thanks to Jesus. He knows that he's been given a gift that he just can't help but actually return and, and to say something, to, to express it to him. And if you notice at the end of this passage, at the end of the story, as he returns to give thanks, something happens where he receives a second gift, where he is blessed. Luke 17 verse 19 says that Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. Now I want to be careful that I, I don't get too, too, too bold with, with my theology, but, but, but I, want to, I want to point something out to you. That word healed in that passage, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. It is used many times. The, 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 the word that we translate into English as healed is the Greek word sozo. It is also a word that is used for salvation, for being saved. Um, so, so the word solve, like, like the solve that can heal us, is, is used interchangeably with being saved from damnation and from condemnation. It, but it also refers to being healed and made whole and, and rescued. And so I love how, how Jesus actually says to him, hey, your faith is making you whole. Your faith is saving you. And a friend of mine, Sean Phillips from, from Urban Edge, just over the hill, was commenting on this other day, and he said that, that, that it struck him for the first time. And again, we're, we're using a little bit of license here, but I really liked what he said. He said, he said that it really hit him that whereas the nine lepers were ticking the box of the law by going to the priest, this Samaritan ran back to grace. He, he went back to Jesus. So the first nine could say, well, yeah, yeah, we ticked the box. We went to the priest. We, we did what we had to do. But the Samaritan knew that this came from a person. And so he went back to the person. He went back to Jesus. He was making the point that he thinks that the first nine were sticking with religion. In other words, rules, do's and don'ts. It's ticking boxes. Only one ran back to relationship. And there's something that continues to take place in our lives. Like this, you see, salvation 
is a once-off moment where something begins, but it's also a continuing process. We, we are continuing to walk in salvation as we continue to walk in relationship with Jesus. And I don't know that we can actually walk. This is my challenge to you. I don't know that you and I can walk in relationship with Jesus, a life-giving, healing, saving relationship that continues to make us whole without gratitude without continuing to go back to him and say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Day, day in and out, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the price you paid. Thank you for, for how you are carrying me through the season. Even if you're having the junk stretched out of you and kicked out of you, God, you are giving me strength. You are helping me. You, thank him for what he has done. Gratitude keeps our relationship with God alive every day. Gratitude keeps a sense of awe and wonder. Because there is an element of mystery, everybody. There is. There's an, there's an element of mystery when it comes to faith, when it comes to our relationship with God. And gratitude helps us to keep those things in tension. It helps us to remain confident even in spite of confusion. When we don't have all the answers we want, when we don't have all the, the clarity that we would like, but we have Jesus. We have, this, we, have, we have the person of Jesus. We have this relationship with Him. We have something to be grateful for. So my question to you today is, who do you need to express thanks to? Are there people in your life that you need to send a message to, that you need to pick up, a, pick up the phone and actually make a phone call? I know for, for, for some young people, that's quite an intimidating thought, but you can actually, we used to talk on our phones. Like we actually, you know, can hear each other and you talk and you say, I'm so grateful for this role that you've played in my life. Maybe there's someone that you need to express some thanks to, some thankfulness, where you don't just feel grateful, but where you actually express that. Is there some way that you can show gratitude to God by serving, by giving, by opening your life to someone else? Maybe you need to renew your commitment to saying, God, I, God, I want to go all in. Yes, you've saved me. You've bought me with the precious blood of Jesus. You, he paid the price for my sins. On that cross 2,000 years ago, I want to go all in. What's next? What do you want me to do, God? I want to live a life that is grateful and obedient. Last passage that I'd like to leave you with today is found in Psalm 103. And I just love the way that this, that this poetry, that this song, using a little bit of, of metaphoric language, expresses what I believe is this attitude of gratitude that we're talking about. Psalm 103 verse 1 says, Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. Like, I'm going to put emotion into this. I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. And then I love this. May I never forget the good things He does for me. This is all I'm trying to do today is to get you to not forget what God has done. The gravitational pull of your human nature is to focus on what you think he hasn't done yet. All I want to do today is to get you to focus on what he has done. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Now, technically, I think it is referring to healing, but I love the, the way that Chris Hodges says he, he heals all my dis-eases. Like every, every way that there's a dis-ease, you are anxious, you're stressed, you worry. He heals those things. He redeems me from death. Remember I mentioned earlier that redemption simply means to bring us back to the original 
intent to the original purpose and crowns me with love and tender mercies. Isn't it beautiful? What an incredible, optimistic encouragement towards gratitude, towards thankfulness that actually happens to usher in a continued blessing. We're going to be listening to a song in a moment. And what, what we're going to be doing in our live services is, is participating in communion during this moment because we want to give people some space to actually just slow down, to reflect, to notice. And so as, as you listen to this song, I don't know, maybe you have things available where you're able to drink a bit of juice and, and maybe eat some cracker or some bread or something where you remember what Jesus has done for you. Where you remember that you've been purchased at the highest possible price because of His blood that was shed for us, His body that was broken for us. But as you do that, whether it's just on your phone or if you can grab a piece of paper, I can't encourage you enough just to take these few minutes to actually I would recommend, if possible, not to use a device to actually write down some, something that you could put in your pocket or put on your cupboard or keep in your wallet to write down just some things that you are grateful for, that, that you can be reminded regularly where you stop and you say, God, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. Take a look at this song. If you can, take part in communion. Write down some things that you're grateful for, and then we're going to wrap up in prayer. so good to us, been so faithful to us, Ooh. I can sing a billion songs, dance till my feet are numb, spin till I'm empty and poor, can't praise you now. Shout till my voice gives way Bleep till I have no strength Lose my breath, try to explain I can't praise you enough And if time were to stop I can never tell it all Words are few This will have to do I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. Oh, I'm so grateful. Sing it again. Sing it loud. I just want to thank you. Oh, I just want to thank you. Yes, I do. Till I found my song You danced till my heart woke up Now I move to the rhythm of love I can't praise you enough You wept till I found my strength Lost your breath, dying to save me Now I'll never go Yeah. 
Why don't you close your eyes and join me as we close in prayer. Father, thank you so much that you have done more for us already than what we could ever possibly deserve. God, help us to never forget the good things that you've done for us. God, help us to see, to genuinely see, to notice your activity in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And God, would you help us to never take it for granted. Help us to never forget the good things that, you, that you've done for us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your purposes, God. And Lord, if there's anyone that's watching this particular message, God, that has not yet made a decision to surrender their lives to you, God, would you help them to do that right now? Help them to thank you for this free gift of complete and total forgiveness and help them to take their next steps as they choose to follow you, as they commit to following you. And as they do that, would you encourage them, help them to get connected to other people, whether it's in our church or in another church, help them to take that next practical step where they allow people to come around them and to help them to start reading your word, to start talking to you and experimenting with what it means to have a relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, God bless you. I hope that you have an incredible Sunday and I hope that as we go into December that you're able to continue to experience the, the gratitude that I believe is available in God and the joy and the peace that comes ahead with that. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next weekend.